I don't know about her. <laughs> the guy in the middle looks like he needs a shave. <laughs> well, that was, where'd you get that, by the way? Ah, uh, oh, you can't say, no. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, Dorothy. Uh, 88? That's just after Bible school. I just graduated in 84, and four years later. That's where that was. That's in our trailer, by the way, when we lived at Bible school in a little trailer. 40 by, 40 by 9 trailer. Four of us lived in it for three years. And, uh, but God was good. And when I did my exams the first year, our bed was in the living room. That's all there was in the living room, uh, in the bedroom. Just the bed. You could hardly get in. The bed was that, it was that small of a trailer. But you had to climb over the bed to get into the cupboard to get your clothes. <laughs> and I'd climb over the cupboard to get my clothes. And I was doing my Hebrews test that particular day. And I studied all night for it. And when I came across the bed, I stood up and hit the, hit the light, the bulb. And the water started pouring off the roof right onto the bed and so forth. What a traumatic experience that was we had. <laughs> but I got an A on my Hebrews test. That's the main thing. Actually, I got 99.5. That was a good score, you know. And Bob Dowie was the, was the instructor. And I went and argued with him about the, about the verse. And I said, you were wrong, Mr. Dowie. You were wrong. You don't tell him that. But anyhow, I said, you were wrong, Mr. Dye. I had the right verse. He said, no, you didn't. He says, go up and check it and come down and apologize. I said, okay. <laughs> so I went up and checked it, and I had to get down and apologize. <laughs> uh, we were talking about something this morning in the breaking of bread. I just want to share just a few thoughts with this for now, because this is important to you as a Christian. And what it means is this, you are eternally safe in the Lord Jesus. There's nobody or nothing can separate you from his love. Not even Satan. Amen? Now let me just turn to Romans 8 and give you six things that will encourage your heart to keep in mind. Uh, when sometimes he attacks you and brings guilt and does all sorts of things with your mind, or somebody else might do something to you and say something. Let me give you some, some structural thing onto your feet. Foundation for your faith. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. If you have a pen and you write notes, here's six things you should write down. Verse 1, chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no what? No condemnation to them who are were. In Christ Jesus. So there's no condemnation from God to fear. You got that? There is no condemnation from God to fear. Now that you're in Christ Jesus. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. Verse 28 to verse 30. There's a wonderful golden chain of five things here. Starting from verse 29. And it starts with God's foreknowledge. So your salvation began in the mind of God in eternity past. And it's going to come all the way through till eternity future when you will be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And in between those two uh, bookends from eternity past to eternity future was the work of Christ in between. And that work brought the reality of it all to you when you believed. 
And so therefore, there's no alteration of purpose to threaten you. Because what God has done in your life, he will complete and bring it to pass. No alteration of purpose to threaten us. And that's in verses 28 to verse 30. You are destined for, it, for glory. Did you know that, Anne? You're destined for glory. See the guy who was on that picture there? He's destined for glory, no matter what he looks like. We're destined for glory because we're going to be conformed to the image of his son. In the mind of God, it's already done, by the way. Wonderful truth. There's no alteration of purpose or threatness. Look at verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? If God be what? For us, what's the next statement? Who can be against us? So there is no humiliation from the enemy to dread. <laughs> if God's for you, who can be against you? What a marvelous truth. And then look at verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And the all things relate back to verse 28. <laughs> and so here we have, there's no hesitation of giving from the part of God. My friend, he's given his very best for us. Even his, his only son. He did not spare him but give him up freely for us all. No hesitation of giving from God. And look at verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that what? Justify us. So there's no accusation from men to terrorize you. It's God who justifies. And therefore, there's no accusation can be brought against you to terrorize you because it's God who justifies and he can't unjustify you. Once you're justified, you're justified. You can't unjustify somebody if they're justified in the courtroom. You can't do it. He's already justified us. And he based the justification on that he took your sins and put them on his son and his son bore the penalty for you so that you can go free, so that you can be declared righteous as we sang the song. Wonderful truth. No accusation from men to terrorize us. And look at verses 35 to 39, and I'm not going to read them all. You can read them. There's nothing in all creation, whether it be men, women, anything else, angels, principalities, powers, or things present, or things to come, or heighten, or death, or any other creature shall separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. So there's no separation of love to alarm us. Hallelujah. Do you see your state? Do you see your position now? My friend, you are eternally secure as God can make you to be. Take that home with you and read the chapter and think about it. You're destined for eternity. He that begun the good work in you will perform it at the day of Christ. You will be conformed to the image of his son. Hallelujah. Can you say it? Hallelujah. Don't get excited about it. It's all right. <laughs> Wonderful. Nothing can break the chain. Nobody or nothing and not even Satan. Now, that's not the message. Can you turn to John 3 this morning? <clears throat> Somebody was asking me the other day, John, how do we get into the family of God? How do we get into the family of God? That's a good question, Ken. Let me read you some verses here. John 3, 
And I have uh, emailed the, the clock has stopped. Actually, somebody's taking it off the wall. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Who took it off the wall? You're a blessing. <laughs> Amen. And I'll watch my time. John 3. John chapter 3. Jesus said unto Nicodemus, Truly, truly, or verily, verily, I say unto thee. Verse 3. Uh, uh, except a man be born again, or born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered again, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, ye what? My friend, it's an absolute must. That's a divine imperative. You have to be born again if you're ever to see the kingdom of God. You have to be born again if you're ever to get into the family of God. Amen? So let us talk about that for a little bit this morning. Now, as I look out in the audience... Some of you are Baptists. Put your hand up if you're Baptist. Don't be afraid. Yeah, I know some of them, the Baptists here. Oh, I see them over here, those old Grace Baptist people over here from PEI. I don't know why you let them in, David, but they're here. <laughs> Who's the brethren here, the brethren? Oh, a number of brethren. You may be of another denomination. Maybe you're Pentecostal. Yeah, there's a Pentecostal here, amen. Take her out quick. <laughs> you may be a Roman Catholic. Now, I'm not saying anything against you. I'm just mentioning your denomination. That's all. Or a non-denomination. But I'm just mentioning it. But let me say this to you very gently, very carefully. It's not because you're a Baptist or a Brethren or a Pentecostal. Or it's not because you're a Roman Catholic that places you in the family of God. You don't get in that way. You can be a Baptist here and not be in the family of God. You can be a Pentecostal and not be in the family of God. That's important to understand. So how do we get into this family of God? Look at John 3 verse 5. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be what? Born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Notice the word born. Now turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> These are lovely verses. Verse 23. Verse 23. Being born again, not of what? Corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Uh, James chapter 1. <clears throat> Excuse me. James chapter 1.
And I'm looking for verse 18. Of his own will begot he us with the what? The word of truth. That we should be the kind of first fruits of his creature. He begot us by the word of God. So there's a birth here that has to take place. This is how you get in. You have to have a birth. Okay? Now, notice what he said. Being born again, not of what? Corruptible seed. The new birth is not brought about by corruptible seed. That is, it is not produced in the same way as a physical birth. Human life is brought into being by means of seed that must obey physical laws of decay and death. The physical life that is produced has the same quality as the seed from which it sprang. So if you came from your mom and dad, you have the same nature as your mom and dad. That which is flesh is flesh, Jesus said. There is a physical birth. And that's of, that's of corruptible seed. But that's not how you get in. That's a physical birth. Jesus is not talking about physical birth. And Peter's not talking about physical birth. And James is not talking about physical birth. They're talking about spiritual birth. That's why a man has to be born again. Because he wasn't born right the first time. That's why we need a second birth. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be what? Born again. As it is in the physical, so it is in the spiritual. And let me just develop that a little bit further for you. We have had a first birth, which is physical. If you have not had this first birth, then you should not be here. <laughs> that stands the conclusion, right? If you haven't had a first birth, you shouldn't be here. The only way you could be here is if you had a first birth. You needed a birth in order to exist. And if you had a physical birth, then you have life. So there's a physical birth, a first birth that gives you life. <clears throat> now that physical birth that placed you into your physical family uh, uh, you were brought in through the means of who? Both people, right? Your mother and your father. So through them, you come into uh, the family or physical family uh, just the way I did. I came into a physical family through a birth through my mom and dad. So it is so in the second birth. God places you into the spiritual family through the means of both the spirit, John 3, 5, and the word of God, 1 Peter 1, 23. Those are the two means by which God brings you into the family of God. God uses the spirit and God uses the word to bring about this spiritual birth. It's God's seed. It's incorruptible seed. And if you have physical life from your physical birth, when you come in and born into the family of God, you have eternal life because you bear the nature of the one who bore you. Amen? It's a wonderful truth. Spiritual birth. There are a number of analogies about that, but uh, we can talk about that in a moment. Sometimes you have the idea or metaphors in the Bible of the, ch of the, of the, of the church and, and the Lord's people, the shepherd and the 
She, no, you can talk it out. It's okay. The head and the members of the body. What about the building and the, what makes a building? Stones, a cornerstone of stones. We're stones in the building cemented together by the Holy Spirit to give a holy habitation of God in which he dwells. That's a wonderful truth. And then you have the vine and the what? The branches. And the vine cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the tree. The vine, no more can you except you abide in me. The vine and the branches. Without him we can do nothing. And then you have the bride and the bridegroom. What a wonderful picture that is. Amen? You just saw one in the picture here. The bridegroom and the bride. By the way, next year, we're 50 years married. And we're going to celebrate it in Israel. Amen? It's wonderful. You can clap if you want. That's all right. And I know your clapping's not for me. It's for Dorothy, right? But the analogy that I'm using, uh, by the way, the family of God in Hebrew is Mishpaka Elohim. Can you say it? Mishpaka Elohim? Mishpaka. Come on. Mishpaka Elohim. Mishpaka. The family of God. I'm using the analogy of the family of God and the, and the metaphor that's used in the scripture is the father and his children. You have a physical family. You have a father who has his children. It's daddy's day, is it today or when is it? Don't forget to thank your father. Anyhow, the father and his children. You see it a little bit in the Old Testament as Clyde brought out this morning. Turn to Psalm 103. He didn't read the verse, he left it out, but he had a particular idea he was trying to get across. But here's the verse I'd like to leave with you. Psalm 103, verse 13. Like as a what? A father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. A father and his children in the family of God. Turn to John chapter 1, please. John chapter 1. What we're talking about is entering the family. Hopefully the next time I come, we'll talk about enjoying the family. And then maybe another time we'll talk about enlarging the family. Amen. So we want to talk about this morning how we enter the family. By the Spirit and by the Word of God. But there's other texts we must bring into view as well. Uh, turn to John chapter 1 for a moment. <clears throat> John 1, verses, um, wonderful verses. Verse 12. But as many as received him, to them give he what? Power, or the right, or the authority, exousia. It's not the word dunamis for power, mighty power. 
dynamite power. No, no, it's the power of authority. The right to become something that you weren't before. And this is a beautiful verse. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to what? What's the next word? The word become is genomiai, which means you become something you never were before. My dear friends, you were never a child of God before and you couldn't call God your father because you weren't spiritually born. You have to be born again in order to call God your father. It comes through the wonderful work of the Spirit of God. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Keep your finger in John 1. Romans chapter 8. Excuse me. Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. Remember, the verse starts with no condemnation to him in Christ Jesus. He's talking about believers already. For as many as are led by the Spirit... Of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 15, for you have not received the spirit of a bondage again to fear, but you have received the what? The spirit of adoption whereby you cry what? Abba, Father, when the spirit comes into your life, then you can call God your father. In Hebrew, it's Avi, my father, or it's Avinu, our father. God becomes your father when you come into the family. My friend, there was a time when you weren't in the family. There was a time when you weren't born again. There was a time when you couldn't call God your father because you were not spiritually related to him. You were separated from him. Thank God through the work of Christ, he brings us together into the family. This is the marvelous work of the cross of Christ. Let me go on here. But as many as received him, John 1, to them give you the right, the power, the authority to become the children of God, even to them that what? Believe in his what? In his name. So let me say this, verse 13, which were born. See, he's on the word born. He's talking about a birth, which were born not of what? Nor of the? nor of the will of man, but of? See, you're born from above. You're born from above. It's not physical. It's spiritual. And here's the idea here. There's three words here, and they're in the positive, and there's three words in verse 13 that are in the negative. So what he's telling you is, here's how it happens, and here's how it doesn't happen. So let's follow it through. And I'll be finished in 10 minutes, David. Isn't that good? Amen? (laughs) Here's how it happens in three words. Simple words. Let me just walk down them for you. Verse 12. But as many as what? You can mark the word receive. To them, give you the power to what? Become. You become something you never were before, which is a child of God. Receive. You become. And it happens when you what? Believe. 
See, it's all in the t- verse. So receive, you become when you believe. Believe in what? You believe on his name. Faith coming by, comes by hear, and hearing by the... You see, you're born again of the word of God. That's what's bringing you to the truth of how to be born again. It's the scriptures that do it. They show you how to be born again, and they show you that we can be born again by the Spirit of God. John 3, 5, 1 Peter 1, 23 again. <clears throat> and then he says to believe in his name. Now, I've got $20 in my pocket here. I did have it until Dorothy took my wallet this morning and wanted it for something. But I have 20 bucks here. I'm taking it out and leaving it here. I'm going to give this to somebody in this audience. When I ask this question, I'll be the one who chooses the person. But I'm asking this question. Do you believe that, I've, I've, that John McKim is going to give me this $20? Do you believe that? No. <laughs> That's the negative. That's the one who's not getting it. You need to be born again, brother. <laughs> you believed it. Now you want to know who's going to get it, don't you? He's standing right up here. I'm the one that's getting it. I'm choosing. <laughs> but say I'm just going to give it to you, Ken. All right? Do you believe it? Do you believe I would give it to you if I said I, if I, said I would? Hey, hold on a minute. Sit in your seat. <laughs> Do you believe it if I said it to you? Yes. Okay. Now, I'll have a wee word with you after the meeting, okay? But anyhow. <laughs> okay. If he believes it, is he born again? Yep. Hold on a minute. If he believes it, is he really born again? No. Why? Because he has to accept it. Thank you. You get the message? You've got the what? He's got the what? Did he work for it? I want it back, by the way. <laughs> you better give it back because then my carnal, my carnal sake comes out, you know? <laughs> Did he work for it? No. Did he clean my car for it? No. What did he do? He took it as a what? That's what happens. And the gift is Jesus. As many as received him. That's how you get in. By trusting him as your savior. By believing him in his name. What is his name? His name is all that he is. His person. He's the son of God. He's the son of man. He's the son of Abraham. He's the son of David. He's the, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He, he is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and the prince of peace. Neither is there salvation in any other name but the name of Jesus. Jesus means Savior. My friend, put it all together. That's him. What a person to believe in. You think he could save you then? I would hope to think so. He's the creator. Can he make you into a new life? Absolutely. Give me my $20 back. Now. <laughs> it's only an illustration. Don't get excited. Oh, and 20 in response. Amen, brother. Double blessing. You can talk to me after. 
I'm making you laugh. You know I'm making you laugh? Because of anybody that should be laughing, it's a Christian. You've got everything that he has given to you in benefits and blessings. Everything you have in Christ Jesus. Wonderful. Amen? Maybe I can stay behind the pulpit now. That's the three words. In the moment you believe, what would you, you receive him and you believe, then you become, you know me I, something that you never were before. Now you come into existence as a child of God. Now here's the negatives. Here's how it doesn't happen. You with me? Not if you say so. Okay, good. You with me? Here's how it doesn't happen. Verse 13. <clears throat> Three ways, three negatives. Number one, which were born what? That's the negative. Not of blood. That means that a person does not become a Christian through having Christian parents. Just because you have maybe Christian parents who believe and who have received and become children of God, that doesn't automatically make you a child of God. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. It's not of blood. It doesn't run in the veins. It's not of human descent. It doesn't come that way. That's the negative here. It's not of human descent. It doesn't run in the veins. Salvation or being born again is not passed down from parent to child through the bloodstream. It's not of human descent. That's a negative. Number two, let's go on. It's not of the will of the flesh. In other words, a person does not have the power in his own flesh to produce the new birth. It's not in you and me to produce it. It's a birth that is born of God. It's a heavenly birth. It's a, a from God himself. Not of any human being whatsoever. Not of your will Although you and I must be willing in order to be saved, yet his own will or your own will is not enough to save you. In other words, it's not of human desire. It's not of human descent, and it's not of human desire. And then thirdly, it's not of the will of man. In other words, God can save a person no other man can save a person. A preacher like myself, for instance, may be very anxious to see a certain person born again here in the meeting this morning, but we do not have the power to produce the marvelous birth in you. It's not of the will of man. It's not of human determination. It's not of human descent. It's not of human desire, Randy, and it's not of human determination. The birth that's produced in you is born of God. It's through the Spirit and by the Word of God. When we trust and believe Christ and receive Him, then you become a child in the family of God, and you can say, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. What a wonderful word. That's how you get in. That's how you get into the family. And that's why... We sing this morning. Can you stand with me? I'm, I'm finished, 12 o'clock. Can you stand with me this morning? If you're not in the family of God, you can be. But it's not because you're a Baptist. It's not because you're a Roman Catholic. It's not because you're a brethren. 
It's not because of any denomination or non-denomination. My dear friend, it's outside of you totally and completely. And it's a spiritual work that Jesus is talking about. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. There's no getting over that. There's no getting under it. There's no hedging around it. You've got to face the truth. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to you, you must be born again. It's not the preacher telling you. It's Jesus who's telling you that. Do you want to be born again? You can be. Come after the meeting and talk to me, and I'll point you to the Lord Jesus Christ so that you can become a child of God, so that you can come into the family of God, so that then you can call God Abba, Father. Amen? Amen. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Cleansed by his blood, joint heirs with Jesus as we travel with song. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. Clyde, would you pray? Give somebody a big hug before you go home. Amen? And also be a blessing to somebody this week.